today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Happy Valentine's Day. It's all about love songs. This is all about falling in love and staying in love and love being in love. Going home and watching Shakespeare in love. Come on, this is Valentine's. You got to do this sort of stuff. Can you fall in love at first sight? Does that, is that really true love? Uh, that's a question for the ages, of course. You know, all the way back to to Christopher Marlowe, of course, who uh, who wrote uh, "Whoever loved that loved not at first sight." It happens. I know it happens, and it's not just a chemical thing. There's a there's a feeling. There's an an emotion, I, I think, that, that can just grab you sometimes. And I know they, they put that in movies and you figure, oh, yeah, well, that's not real life. Yeah, I think it can be. Let's ask our good friend Theo Sellis about this, registered family therapist and president of Integrity Works. He joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Theo. Ah, humbug. No, oh, stop it now. <laughs> what are you doing, marking papers again? <laughs> no. I always catch you in a I bad be- mood. I grumpy old people who just think that Valentine should be every day. But then I get mad when people say that about Christmas, so maybe I should give my head a shake. So happy Valentine's Day, Bill. I'm glad to be sharing it. What does it mean to you, then? <laughs> it, means, it means whatever it is that you want to mean. I, I, you know, I like the idea. I, you know, let's put, I, more love the better, so if you're looking at Valentine's Day as a special day. But I hope, I really hope you don't wait till Valentine's Day to show another person how much you love them. I hope you do that a lot of times. Every day should be Valentine's Day. With you and me, it is, Bill. Well, he, you well no, here's Every the thing. Because you. You, you just, and you've mentioned Christmas as, as, a, as a comparator. Uh, and you hear this all the time over the, the Christmas season where people say, boy, why can't people like this, act like this all the year? Why can't they act like this? On, this, this is a special day. People get a little goofy and romantic on Valentine's Day. Why can't they be like that all the time? I do not know. It's a very good question. If I knew that, I would probably try to make money off of it or something. I, mean, I think I think that we get busy, we get sort of caught up, and we start thinking about it as being a bit of a script or something to follow. It's like, you know, doghouse flowers. We have to get flowers when we're in trouble or something like this, as opposed to just spontaneously doing things. And the more we spontaneously do things, the more we are intentional about it, as opposed to waiting for a date to tell us when to do it, the more effective it is, and the happier we are. So I, I, I'd, I'd love the idea of people just, you know, not waiting for a particular date or a you know, a time period to, to do this. Just do it because you feel like doing it. All right, I'm going to ask you to call on your years of experience now uh, working uh, in in this line of work. How do okay. people fall in love? <laughs> well, see, I'm not sure that, and I, I heard you lowly speak about it, and I, I thought that was wonderful and poetic. Look, I think... Oh, those, that, were, those were Christopher Marlowe's words, not mine. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for yours. it. I thought that's what you really believed. Oh, it I'm is. Really it sure. is. I, well, see, I, you know, I think that you can certainly have a really strong connection with the person. I think you can really be drawn to another person. I think that there's a... I, I think there is a, an attraction, and I think there is chemistry. Um, and I think there is a like a hopefulness, like a, almost a projection of what you're looking for in another person. You really want to love and be loved, and this person seems like a real candidate. So you can you can engender, you can bring up feelings of love because you want to make it happen. You want it to be the case. So you have the perfect storm of chemistry and connection, similarities, and the intensity and your desire. And in that way, I think you don't necessarily fall in love. You create this love. And I think that then the question comes... How do you continue to create that love when, especially as time goes on, 
the physical chemistry may not necessarily be the same intensity. How do you go about creating love that's a little bit more deeper and more connected to everyday life and being a partner with each other? That's the challenge, of course. But, and again, I'll go back to, you know, here we are talking about movies and television and things like this, and, and we're, you know, that's all you're going to see on TV today, or, or you know, romantic co- comedies and things of this nature, or great love stories. There, there's always this characterization in this moment in a lot of those uh, those movies, Theo, where it's, well, it's love at first sight, where, you know, they're, they're thunderstruck when they find that one individual, and, you know, they're just, you, you, you stop, and all of a sudden, in, in many people's minds, your life just changes forever as a result of that. It could be, and that certainly happens, but that doesn't take into account all the times you're wrong. <laughs> where, you saw, where you saw someone, you go, yes, this is the person, and it turns out not to be. And then finally you find that person, and it's like, wow, so it was meant to be love at first sight. And, yeah, well, it wasn't love at first sight. It may be love at first sight with that particular person, but all the other first sights that you had wasn't that case, right? So, again, it's it's it's. A, I think that it's a combination of attraction and connection and similarities and want and intensity and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but love, love is something that's pretty hard to imagine being present without really knowing another person. If you don't really know another person really well, you're really loving hopefulness. You're loving desire. You're loving uh, like the possibility of it all, the, the desire, the, the want to love and love. And, and, you know, I think we're meant to love and be loved. And so we really, you know, we really want to have that happen. Uh, but it's when you really get to know the person, see them in different situations, and maybe live with them for a little while, or maybe you encounter some tough times with them and see how they respond and whether they've got your back and how they respond themselves in terms of did they, you know, did they respond in a way that you would admire and respect. And that's the deepening part of love that, you know, determine whether you want to be with them for a long term as opposed to just the first part of the relationship when it tends to be more fun. But there are examples, and, and I, I've told you this before, and I've told you this, I mean, I, I include myself in this too, where it just, you know, you see that one person, and, and it just, wow, this, and, and and the more you get to know them, the more that you, you fall in love with them, and and, well, and that that's an incredible feeling, and I know it doesn't happen with everybody, but there are cynics that will say, no, that doesn't really happen, it's a chemical reaction, or it's infatuation, and I don't think, I, I, th- I think it can be love. Well, I think that what you're talking about is that as you get to know them more, you said you fall in love with them. I would say as you get to know them more, you are loving them more and you are growing that love. I think knowing someone is actually an action, just like loving someone is an action. It goes beyond just the original feeling. The feeling, the attraction, the connection, that just opens a door of possibilities. Now, what you end up doing with it in terms of how you continue to know that person, ask them questions, learn about them, uh, share yourself with them and then share experiences with them and, and, and see whether that connection continues. That's where that love develops. That's the growth of the love. That's where you sort of think of love as an action as more that has more choices involved in it rather than it's going to be like, you know, the gods striking you down from heaven. Cupid sends an arrow kind of thing. It's more intentional that way. You're not a romantic at all. I am romantic. I love the idea of love, and I think it's great when you meet someone and it's awesome and you feel connected and you feel all those feelings of love that are associated with love. That's great. And then the idea is like how you go about building on that. So like when people go on first dates, they're very famous for being really interested in the other person's experience. And that's part of love is how wonderful it is to find someone who's fascinated by us, who finally realizes just how amazing we are. Finally, we've found someone who appreciates the uniqueness and wonder of us ourselves. So it's that process of, wow, someone really interest, is interested in, no, interest in my stories, interested in who I am, asks me questions. That's really awesome. 
Now the question is, will you continue trying to get to know someone? Will you continue to know them, learn about them, grow together, and develop that love? That's that's will determine whether it moves from that first very exciting stage to, yes, exciting and deeper as the relationship develops. I, I, see, I'm a, I, I'm taking. A, I don't want to get overly clinical about this, uh, but it, I, I just feel that this can happen, and I want I, I want to bring it around to the story that uh, that I know that you were Liz, our producer showed you a little earlier. Uh, there's yeah. a, a thing going on in Hamilton here, but it's actually based on something from the New York Times. Uh, this stems from a study by American psychologist Arthur Aaron. The study explores whether feelings of intimacy can blossom between two people. By having a mask a series of increasingly personal questions, there's 36 of them here. We won't go over all of them here. But here's, here's, here's the way this is done. Uh, the people are sitting there, you know, a couple, uh, face-to-face in a lab. They answer the questions, and then they stare silently into each other's eyes for four minutes. And, and, and the, the study, I guess, is basically to determine whether or not people can fall in love at first sight. What are your thoughts on this? But that proves my point. They're not just brought into a room staring at each other and falling in love. They're actually going through a process in which they're coming to know each other and asking. And I looked at the questions, and I thought they were really cool. I actually assigned them to a couple that I'm working with this morning to, to try out, given it's Valentine's Day and all that sort of thing. They've kind of gotten detached from each other as a couple. And I said, here's your challenge. Let's play this game and go ahead and ask each other these questions. So it's not about these questions are designed actually to help people open up and ask different types of questions where they become known to each other um, and be able to be appreciative of who each other are beyond just the superficial. So these 36 questions, which I really invite people listening to do, this is, I think they're really great, really are about creating this love through this process of knowing and intentionality and curiosity. Uh, that's love. Knowing someone, listening is an act of love. Knowing someone is an act of love. Being curious about someone is an act of love. So in that way, you're not just, you're not falling in love. You're actually developing, creating that love with each other. Yeah, well, the, maybe the verb is wrong. Maybe it's not falling, but I mean, there's, there's, the, it's because it goes beyond attraction. And, and you're right. I, I found the questions uh, rather interesting as well and, and very instructive, I think. Uh, but I mean, some of them are a little bizarre. Do you have a hunch on how you're going to die? <laughs> Uh, for what in your life do you, what for what in your life do you feel most grateful? So, so basically, what you're doing is you're bearing your soul in front of this other individual. So you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable in a way that maybe you ordinarily wouldn't do. Um, so you're being more of your real self, your more authentic self, more of your private, personal, hidden self, and you're entrusting that in the care of somebody else who's doing the same thing for you. And at the end of that, you've gone through a very, very intimate process. And then, very cleverly, on the third set, they're divided into three sets, which are increasingly more oriented from uh, to move towards more of a couple experience, from more of an individual experience. So the three, third set starts off with, uh, make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling. So now you're moving towards you've been you've got two individual people who've shared something together, and now there's acknowledgement that you're no longer two separate eyes. You now are a we, and so you're asking questions that that um, bring out that we ness. And now you're sharing this couple things. So you've moved from being individuals to mean being a we. Uh, because we've, we're really knowing each other personally and more intimately and more vulnerably, and that is, you know, that's growing and creating love with each other. 
Uh, some of these questions are rather bizarre, and I understand where they're, they're, they're coming from here because they want to try to gain some insight into situations like this. But not everybody does this. Uh, not everybody that falls in love, Theo, uh, has a list of 36 questions. Or maybe they do, but they just don't articulate them in that fashion uh, and, and over a period of time. Uh, but that that love is still there. That love can still grow. And, we, you know, we see examples. I'm sure you see it in your practice all the time. Uh, you know, you talked about one couple that maybe are having some problems after a number of years in their relationship. Others, it, I, which is not to say there aren't, you know, you know, peaks and valleys in every relationship. There are with family. There are people that are in love. I guess that happens with as well. But there are people that just fall in love and stay in love for years and years and years and years. How, how do you how do you counsel somebody to 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 do that, or does it just come naturally? Well, you know, you and I, you know, it's not that I'm more cynical than you. I, I really don't believe in falling in love, per se. Like, I really believe in, like I said, in the initial kind of connection and attraction and then developing that love. So, um, you know, you say that that, that happens, and I'm going to say maybe people experience love as falling into something, which sort of, it, you know, sort of it talks about it as lack of control or intention. It just happened. This is bigger than both of us. We're just, like, in love with each other. And, you know... Maybe that's possible, but I'm going to say whether or not they stay in love with each other or they end up in my practice because they no longer feel this way about each other is what they do with those feelings. And these questions, these 36 questions, are just an example of the kinds of questions that people don't ask enough of each other. Like, we 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 tend to have this initial part of the relationship, which is very curiosity-oriented, you know, get to know another person. And then we tend to kind of turn that off because now we believe we know that person and we make all kinds of assumptions and we start taking people for granted as opposed to really being thoughtful and every once in a while taking some time and asking and sharing some more personal and vulnerable information with each other. That's how that love continues, I think. So what you're talking about here is communication, obviously. But not just usual communication. I mean, you know, when we, we, we get to, with each other, we, we start having the usual, how's your day fine, how are the kids, that's fine, this is what they did for school, what are you going to do, who's going to drive there, did you, did you pick up milk? Um, you can have that kind of conversation over and over again, and they're pretty useful in terms of maintaining the function of a relationship. But when you take the time and actually allow yourself to be curious and inquisitive about another person in terms of their fears, their hopes, their dreams, their vulnerabilities, and do a little bit more of digging in yourself and share that, that's that's where that real personal intimacy comes in that is associated with more deeper and lasting love, I think. Well, and, you know, when, when you say, you know, one of the questions, some of the questions are like, you know, um, when did you last cry in front of another person? When, what's the, you know, share an embarrassing moment, um, tell another person what you like about them. Uh, what does love and affection mean? I mean, these are all kind of like deeper level questions that we tend not to make time for. And these are all questions that are more, connected with our personal, more of our heart, and we need to build that into our relationship to make love last. But when you look at these questions, and, and hopefully the answers that are going to come from these, I get what you're looking for here is, 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 is honesty, I guess, more than anything else. And maybe that's part of the problem, why people tend, might have problems staying in love over a period of time, is because maybe, maybe they're not comfortable being totally honest about feelings, about emotions, about, about their desires and their dreams. Maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah, I always tell couples that my couples that intimacy is not just all fireplaces, bare skin rugs, and glasses of wine. Uh, it's not just about the fun things. It's not just about the happy things. It's not just about the sexual things or the good feelings. It's uh, how do you go about sharing with each other openly and honestly your fears, your 
your hurts, your angers, your anxieties, how do you go about dealing with the difficult times and do it in such a way that the other person is listening to you and demonstrating that they care enough about you rather than reacting and trying to argue with you or change your mind or fight with you about it, but are really trying to understand at the bottom what's going on with you and how can I help you be happier in this relationship. You know, we're, it's all well and good to when you first have that all that great attraction, all that sort of thing, and talk about how wonderful you feel with each other and how great the person is. Well, what, how do you handle it when they disappoint you or when they aren't there for you or when you're feeling hurt or when you're upset with them? Are you able to talk openly about that in such a way that the other person still knows and encounters you as loving them? Do they listen to you in a way when you're saying tough things for them to hear? Do they still listen to you in a way that shows love and respect? Or do they only hear the good things about the relationship, but when you start talking about your struggles or the difficulties, they start tuning you out or arguing with you or interrupting you? So the key is, can you be loving even during the more difficult times with each other? Can you demonstrate that love, care, and respect when you're struggling with each other? That's, that, that's really important. Let me, let me ask you something. Okay. Uh, you've been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, and you're really good at your job, and and you're uh, you're a good author, but 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 you're analytical uh, and and clinical about some things, as you have to be, because you have to be able to analyze people that come to you for for assistance in situations like this. With that mindset, uh, how do you let yourself go? And and well, I don't I know you don't like the term fall in love, but but uh, any relationship it's got to be difficult i would think uh, to 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 start okay i just want to be theo the romantic now not theo the analyst <laughs> i stopped rubbing my chin and looking deep in the other person's eyes and asking questions that are scaled from 1 to 5 no i you know what i think there's nothing better i don't enjoy anything more in life i think than and i know this is going to sound really cliche but here i'll let myself be mushy too okay I, you know that's I a good this is the day for it <laughs> i want to cry bill you hold me I I I think there's nothing more fun and enjoyable than finding out how to love another person well. So I, when I encounter, when I'm in a relationship and I'm getting to know that person, I'm like seeking out different ways that I can touch them and somehow move them. I'm going to find out what their, you know, what their little hopes are, what they're not just their like their fantasies, but their dreams. I find out what little things matter to them, little little things that you feel sentimental about. I love that. I think that's really, really cool. I love the experience of being able to connect and touch another human being in a way that they feel that they're important in my eyes and that they know I'm thinking about them. Um, so I, I don't know. I think, and I tell that to my couples as well. And they say, you know, relationships, they say, we understand that relationships are a lot of work. And I say, crap, I don't know. Like, I don't, I guess, but do you really want to see loving someone as being a chore, like a responsibility? Or can it be fun? Like, can it be more playful? Can you just, you know, enjoy the experience of knowing that you've helped someone smile a little bit more and that they feel a little bit more closer to you or a little warm inside? Like, think of it as something that is more of like a game that you are enjoying together as opposed to, yeah, I've got to remember that on, oh, crap, it's February 14th and I haven't got a card yet. It's just, you know, be more playful about it. So I... I love being in a relationship, and I love the whole process of loving and um, and showing a person that I care for them. Well, happy Valentine's Day, and thanks for sharing. And I do believe in love at first sight. Thank you, Bill. So, well, you and I, you should get together. We should ask each other the 36 questions and see what happens with us. We'll do that at some point. <laughs> Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.